Hello, welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. I am the aforementioned Bedlam, DM of this actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. This month's episode unfortunately ran into some technical difficulties during recording, and as a result, is punctuated with a couple narrated summaries that serve to tie the story together. We hope the distraction is minimal, and with that said, we'll jump right into this month's session. Last session, upon awaking in the siren, the group became aware of a couple developments. First, that Mirmolnir had not returned to the room the previous evening. Second, Grom's eyes were now a solid black, and he had somehow manifested a new tattoo of a skull with matching black eyes. The party, sans Mirmolnir, rallied in the common room to break their fast and decide how to proceed. Eventually, Mirmolnir appeared, and the rest learned that he had passed the night with Mayala, one of the members of the elven group The Emerald Vengeance. They then had Randall ready their coach, and they made to depart having decided that Grinzander's home would be the safest haven for their foundling rescuee, Nurma. After coming to terms with their new horse, Mr. Snogglebottoms, they traversed the city, managing to complete the journey with only a few potentially problematic encounters. Once at Grinzander's, they shared a late lunch and secured safety for Nurma, after which they began making preparations for their chosen destination, the Ruby Hills. Before they could, however, it was brought to Grinzander's attention that a delivery from Waxworth Distribution had arrived, and everyone grew suspicious as it was not the normally scheduled day for a delivery. Upon investigation, they found that the delivery was indeed a ruse, and it was revealed that the delivery group was in all actuality a significant amount of infernal beings in disguise, and a battle ensued. After a difficult fight, and with the aid of Grinzander's people, the group managed to prove victorious with only minor casualties. Tylor had been knocked unconscious in battle, and Mirmolnir fell to an ill-timed lightning strike. Nevertheless, the enemy was defeated, the unconscious have been revived, and we will pick up at Grinzander's estate post-battle. There was a little bit of conversation after the combat ended, uh, I think Mirmolnir went and talked with Nurma and had an exchange, uh, but I think the general consensus was that there was a, some urgency to go ahead and get on the road because this was an interesting threat that uh, was unanticipated. And I had already harvested some pieces. You have. Uh, go ahead and give me a roll for that. Let's do... Well, nat 20. All right, we'll just go with that then. I knew what I wanted, <laughs> and I took it. All right, with the nat 20, you managed to harvest some bone and sinew from the big fallen Armonite there out in the courtyard. You didn't screw up the materials too much, and you can file it away or tuck it away for future... I'm going to put it in that bag. In the haversack of holding? Yes. I suppose it's time we get loaded up. Yes, I would like this very much. We should go immediately. Grinzander, I, I know it's a lot to ask, but... I don't suppose you happen to have any healing kits in here. We're banged up pretty bad, but I, well, I don't think we dare stay. If you bide a moment, I uh, have Emilard searching for what we can provide. The cook comes around the corner and says, Well, it's not much, but it will it will do on the road. I'm assuming you guys are just kind of still in the foyer. And she says, I, I have some hardtack and some things that will serve as rations, but I don't know if it will get you past more than a few days. It'll have to do. Thank you so much. Give me one more minute to scrounge up what I can here. And she toodles back off into the kitchen area. I'm assuming Murray's already been scrubbed up. Oh, no, he's still looks like shit. Yeah, I cast uh, Minor Illusion on you last time. But that doesn't move, so if you move, like... <laughs> so so my run up the stairs to meet Nurma must have been pretty jarring, because suddenly I'm okay, then suddenly I'm bleeding. 
Grimillard comes comes from the back and says, I haven't I haven't found any like healing kits so much, but we did we did have these on hand. And she has a, a handful of jars in her hand. So I'm not sure how strong they are, but um they're Hey. I thank you, Millard. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I took from you, Mr. Grinsander, that uh, urgency was of importance, so... Why, I can't thank you enough. Well, I can't thank you enough. Without you, my uh, daughter would still be in God knows where. More than happy to rescue her from that hell. At the top of the stairs, Nerma says, are, are you okay? I'm fine. I don't believe you. I promise. It takes a lot more than some wild beasts to hurt me trust you. Are you going to get some healing? I promise. Okay. And uh, Emilard kind of returns. She had left Nerma with you for a moment to go find the healing stuff there that uh, we've doled out. And uh, she returns and has you see her kind of put her arm around Nerma and kind of comfort her in the situation. Well then, want to head out forthwith then, huh? Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep your gates tight. Maybe. Don't tell the new guards what happened to the last guards. Yes, well, you see Ardra out in uh, in the courtyard. He is moving from corpse to corpse and putting hand on it and casting a spell of some sort. And it's almost as if when he does that, he steps away and you see the corpse start to decay uh, a little bit more quickly. Well, in seeing it dec- decay, it's obviously a little bit more quickly than uh, would normally be the case. <laughs> well, you're just full of surprises, ain't ya? Well, you know, I like to keep a clean house around here. I'm sure glad you're on our side. It's been nice knowing you. Well, that sounds awfully final. (laughs) I count you as one of our friends, but I'm afraid we're going to have to leave. You're going to have to keep your eyes sharp on this one. Place seems like a hub of dangerous activity. There's always been threats in and out of the city, but frankly, Mr. Grom, I think a lot of this uh, you brought here. Oh, sorry. I mean, no offense. It's just it's the nature of things. But everything was kind of, well, I take that back. There was all that nonsense with the replacing his soul and everything. So I appreciate what you did there. But uh, it seems like a lot of chaos. But I'm ready for things to get back to normal here. Well, I hope they do that for you. Sorry about the extra mouths you'll have to feed. You keep saying that. With that, I'm going to clasp arms with him. And then after that, I'm going to hop up into the wagon and get myself situated. Oh, you are getting ready to leave. I put your horse in the stable. Give me one second, I'll bring it back out and hook it back. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Good call. I suppose we could take this wagon. We'll get you hitched back up. Uh, you can. It's just a wagon. It is a wagon with a different name on it. We have a coach, though, right? Like, ours is, like, covered? Mm-hmm. Mm. Never mind. This is not the one. Before we start going, um, <laughs> I'm going to add a couple of these potions to Murray. Is anyone else in severe need of healing besides us, too? I'll try to sleep it off if I can. Okay. Yes, you mentioned that uh, possibly disguising your coach as a, mm, a, company, a respectable company to possibly get out of town. Are you still looking to perform a ruse yes if it does not take too long i think i think this would be a very good idea well uh thinking about of uh, casting uh, some illusion magic or should i have emma get her paints well these paints would probably be the best i i think that might be the best yes well <laughs> i'm no artist but i figure it's pretty difficult to paint in the rain so just well, this is true. Hey, it sounds like maybe we should just go. Anyway, uh, there is a distribution company, uh, a transport company in town named Holland Oaks. It's, uh, their emblem is pretty pretty straightforward. It's 
two trees in a wagon. It's somewhat clever, I suppose, but uh, it might get you uh, might get you out the, out the gate without much question. Although I will say that uh, I'm not sure just leaving the city will garner much inquiry. Hey, maybe we just put miles between us and here. Honestly, the Hollow Oaks things, it, it's an option, but then, you know, we have to write up a fake manifest and things like that and put supplies in your cart and a lot more paperwork involved. Yes, I see. I, we are correct. You should just go. We should just go. No no rules. Just go. That horse looks fast. It's just knuckle bottoms. It's the fastest. <laughs> I go outside. <laughs> I'll arrange myself in the driver's seat of the wagon. Uh, Ardrar, uh, being the groomsman he is, has efficiently tethered the horse back up to your uh, coach. You feeling better, dear? I haven't taken my potions yet, so... <laughs> you <laughs> <No>. probably should. <laughs> All right, so these little props is that uh, if you want to take one of those potions, just uh, pop the lid off, empty it out, and however many healing dice are in there, you that's the bonus. So if there's three D4 in there, it's what you roll plus three. Nice. Okay, ten. so that's ten. Boom. Ten. Nice. And for those good measure. Really cool. <laughs> it's fun to get those. Go ahead and pop another one. Plus nine. Oh, my, you do look better. So I'm at full health now. Well, you certainly look better, but I can't imagine how you would possibly have looked worse. <laughs> if you looked any worse, we'd be throwing dirt on you. Are you still mad at me for accidentally breathing on your wife? <laughs> Seeing you almost dead, I think we can... We can give you a pass for now, but I won't be seeing that again, will I? Absolutely not. I don't want to have to put some scaly scalps in here with my other ones, but I will. We have one potion left. I'm going to go ahead and save that for an emergency. (laughs) I like the way you think, doll, but it's kind of hard to sort it out when every moment since we've been here has been an emergency. Yes, but if we have another drop unstable and nearly dying, I think that would qualify. Are we all loaded up? I'd say for the most part, if you're willing to. I'll hop on board. Actually, Ivan and Kim, and who's taking the rations? I've got the reins. I would like to have one other person up in front. Not me. Yeah, not you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go grab the food. I'll ride up front. Mary, you better ride up front. I don't want you to buy all that food. I seem to have the most notorious face among us currently. I think I'll stay hidden. All right. Before I head out, I'm going to kind of pick Nurma up, give her one last big bear hug. and You do so, she can see she's got tears in her eyes, and she wraps her arms around your neck and is really reluctant to let go. I promise you I'll be back. All right, you promised. I absolutely promise. I'll try to bring back as much of them as I can find. I used to think you were funny. Used to think? I'm sorry, little one. Just trying to keep it light. Well, it's awfully dark humor to try to keep things light. Yeah, it makes everything else light by comparison, doesn't it? I suppose that might be the key. She is, is done talking with you. <laughs> Fair. If you are responsible with them, you have food for three days. So about another six months. Well, goodbye, Grinsander. Good luck to you and your family. Well, I hope this is not goodbye, but... Uh, Till next time, then. Good luck and Godspeed. Hey. Yeah. It's, oh, I was going to say goodbye to everybody, but I guess... Travel safely. <laughs> Grom is ready to go. All right, everyone, let's get this mess cleaned up. Uh, let's have an animal handling check. Oh, here we go. First one of the campaign. Uh, that would be a four. We're not getting very far. All right, at your yeah, the horse kind of kind of prances around a little bit and starts to take off and I 
No, I don't want to go either. But we've got to get out of here, horse. His name is Mr. Snugglebottoms. I said horse. So it goes about ten feet and then stops. I'm going to hop off <laughs> and walk up to the front. Try to calm the animal. He's not, like, agitated. He's just seemingly a little defiant. Re- reconnect. Be like, Come on, buddy. I've had enough fighting for one day. We can do it. I'll give you an apple if we get out of town safely. <laughs> we go crawl back up in the wagon. Try. Come on. Yeah. Animal handling. Six. <laughs> All right. Wow. The horse kind of lurches forward, and uh, you guys in the in the cab there can kind of feel like things are, aren't really going as smoothly as uh, they should. Uh, without getting the icons out, looking at his estate there, the horse kind of moves, and he goes kind of to the right of the fountain there that's in the courtyard, and then starts to uh, curve back towards the stable. <laughs> oh, damn it, horse. I'm not calling you Mr. Snugglebottom. It's going to be horse. I'll at least do that for you. But you gotta do something for me. <laughs> Gonna hand the reins over to Murray. Like maybe he'll listen to you. Come on, Mr. Snugglebottoms. Let's give this a try. I'm gonna lightly whip the reins. That's an eleven. Well, given the fact that the DC was nine, show off. <laughs> as his ears perk up at your statement of Mr. Snugglebottoms, you are able to lead his turn his head around and he starts proceeding towards the gate. You approach the gate and Ardrar is there holding the door open. Well, you all uh, travel safely. I don't think we know how to do that, but we'll travel. Well, try not to get killed then. We will work on it. Strong efforts to you and may the mother watch over you. Hey. And with that, he closes the door behind you and you move on. But I won't be sad to see this town behind us. What's the closest way out of here? Where are we going? Well, that depends. Guess it's between the Ruby Hills or... You guys like the jaws of the lion? Hollering at each other through the... Figured there's a window. Sitting up close, yeah. I'm going to say that if you're communicating with another party member, if somebody's on the bench and somebody's in the in the wagon, you can communicate, but you'll easily be overheard. Fair. Well then, looks like just you and I are talking about where we're going, Murray. Hey, so Murray... I suppose then it's in your court then. Ruby Hills or Jaws of the Lion? What is in the Ruby Hills you're looking for? Hey, we're gonna hunt down that Medlack fella and see if we can put an end to this Ruby nonsense. But, uh, I don't know. Might find all kind of adventures up there. So you do know that the Ruby Hills are, well, pretty much everything's to the north because the ocean is to the south. Right here, what you're looking at, it's uh, not a long jaunt to the northern gate of the city. Once you leave Grinzander's house here through the gate of the quote-unquote gated community, and you can make your way. I maybe we should just get out of town and then we'll figure out more what we're doing while we're on the road. That'll do. This place has too many hiding spots. That it does. It's got to be quite the difference for you, having all this sky. Yeah. Must have been kind of crazy living in a cave. As strange as it seems, it was oddly comforting to know exactly what's above you, below you, and beside you. Rock. Boy, I don't think it'd be for me, but (laughs) I hope you're enjoying it out here. Oh, here we go. Is that the gate right there? All right, real quick before we get to the gate, uh, Latgain and Tyler, do you want any conversation before we... Uh, I think I'm just ready to be moving on. Be looking at my... the stone, probably. Maybe trying to focus on possibly trying to rest? 
As you approach the north gate, it is uh, busy. With the looming approach of the Bane, you imagine that traffic is a little bit heavier than usual. As you approach, though, you can see that the municipal sentries are far more concerned with what is incoming rather than outgoing. However, there does appear to be two or three guards making a minimal effort to check the leaving traffic. They appear to be mostly waving people through without too much interaction but there is interaction, albeit predominantly brief. You approach, and two of the city watch step into your path. One, a heavyset, balding man, and the other, his physical opposite, a skinny individual with a face and thin mustache that reminds you of a weasel. The uh, heavyset one says, Where are you headed today? The skinny one says, Yeah, where are you headed? And you see his eyes squint suspiciously at you. Well, I believe for now, north. You got any suggestions? Yeah, we got a wise guy here. This place is just getting a little too peoply, with the bane and all. The other one says, I can empathize with that. Nevertheless, got a job to do. Have a destination? Hey, not yet. I think for now, just... Just leaving town? Yeah, just hitting the road. Seems kind of strange, just leaving town. Well, why don't you take a look at me? I seem to be getting a lot of negative attention here. Seems like everybody in the town would like me to go. This place is for people with more coin than myself. It's a pretty fancy carriage you got there. Aye. What are you hauling? Me, my friends. Uh, forgive my counterpart here, but uh, I do have to ask uh, due diligence and all. Who's inside? Take a peek. The Weasley one seems a little eager to do that, but he steps up to the side door and pulls the door open. And is this something that they would have been able to hear? Perception. I got a new dice, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Thank goodness. It's a 11. 7. Tyler, are you, I'd imagine that you are just have your head leaned back against the, the back and your eyes closed and are just trying to recover from what you just went through. Light gain, however, you do hear this conversation. So the door opens and the Weasley-faced individual just kind of peers in. And just kind of look up. What is the meaning of this? I'm just staring at my crystal and got my spell book oh. next to me. Magic type, huh? Is there a reason for this stop? Can we continue, please? Where are you headed? To be honest, I do not know. We seek knowledge. Do you know where we should go? Yeah, the library down cliff has a lot of knowledge, but you seem to want to be getting out of town awfully quickly here. Do you not see all these people here? Yeah, well, the bane's coming. You yes. know that. This is why we're leaving. And the other one says, Oh, don't harass them. Just let them go. Let's move on. Look away and start looking at my crystal again. Okay. Tyler, what are you doing in this situation? I, I kind of look up and look at them. And when I hear this other guy's voice, like the Weasley one, I just kind of roll my eyes and go like go back to what I was doing. <laughs> like, I don't have time for you. You, you said you're about half health? Yeah. He kind of looks at you and looks at a couple indicators of, of uh, the, the battle that you've been in. Squinting at you. He looks back to his counterpart and says, well, If you say so. Closes the door. Hey, are we good? Did you find everything to be satisfactory? They come together and kind of talk quietly with each other. You can roll a perception if you want to try to overhear what they're saying. Let's have disadvantage anybody who's in the carriage. Eight. Yeah, 10. 22. Ty Lillard genuinely just doesn't have time for their bullshit. She's just hanging out. Mirmelnir, you you hear the small one come in. He says, Oh, something just feels off. And the one inside looks like he's been in a fight. And then there's another dragon ball, and it's skin that I haven't seen before. Heavyset one says, Do you really want to make an issue out of this? 
I'm just saying. Let's just let them go. Let's get to our day. Alright. But if I'm right about this and you're wrong... Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know the outcome. And he looks up at you and says, Carry on, travel safely. I'm gonna grab the reins and... Onward, Mr. Snugglebottoms. Animal handling with advantage. Alright, there's a 22. Mr. Snogglebottoms has no issue with proceeding forward out of town. I won't do it. I'll probably just be looking out the window as we drive past the guards. You see them kind of still bickering a little bit with each other. That was annoying. I was very scared, to be honest. I'm, I'm surprised we did not get stalled longer. What reason would they have to actually stop us? Unless they're working for McCall. This whole town seems evil to me. I do not know. Fair. Yeah, what's it look like out here? As you leave town, so basically the terrain is kind of what you see there. It's hilly country. Uh, the forest element is significant. What I got here on the map, uh, you guys didn't really do too terribly much on asking uh, about paths and navigation things, so you're not entirely sure about the surrounding area. As you travel away from the city, the road does follow the river flowing to Aconitum Falls. Eventually it veers away from the river, turning more and more west. The road is wide and it's well maintained. Looking out at the surrounding areas, you can make out quite a bit of farmland. You'd imagine that the far-off fields would normally be occupied by workers, but the ever-present rain most likely is working to sufficiently slow any agricultural labor. The day advances, you travel without incident. The road remains well-maintained and you have no trouble navigating your cart along the route. Sometime past the point that you stop seeing farmland nearby, the unthinkable happens. The rain ceases, and sunlight successfully fights its way through the overcast sky to which you've grown accustomed. Huh. Well, ain't that beat all. Grom, I can't tell you how you feel about the rain stoppage, but I can tell you that once you've experienced unhindered daylight, it becomes quite apparent that the new development concerning your eyes is going to be potentially quite problematic. In the light, Grom, it is very difficult for you to make out too many details of your surroundings. Well, this might be a bit of a problem. What's wrong? I can't hardly keep my eyes open out here. Ever since my eyes turned dark, I feel like it's made my eyes a little light sensitive. I might go underneath, head in the back if you've got it up here. Yeah. And on that, I'm gonna crawl my way over. I'm gonna stop the coach to do that, or just no, go for it. I'll okay. Just <laughs> orangutan. Stuff. All right, roll me acrobatics. <laughs> what happened to my beautiful? <laughs> Nine. Yeah, you swing down from the seat, and your foot slips on a ledge that you would normally have no problem with, and you fall, but you catch yourself, and you have to kind of walk along the carriage before you manage to get yourself back up safely into the coach proper. Well, that shouldn't have happened. Can't hardly see out here. You okay? Yeah, just, oh, that's better. Uh, Just a little too bright out there. And on that, I'm going to take a peek at that tattoo. I'm going to try to check that out, see if I can... Uh, about the size of a something that's this big. A good-sized cookie. Eileen's cookie. Because <laughs> <laughs> audiences will know what that is. I'm going to kind of take a seat and reflect on that and see if I can come across anything in my concentration that might help me fiddle with that. So you sit and you try to meditate anytime you open your eyes and glance at an open window. It's, uh, it's bright, distractingly so. I might be stuck with this one. I will, I will take a closer look if you'd like. I'd appreciate it. And if I can just do, look at it, I don't know what I can do to even gleam anything off of it. Find out what it is, anything. Uh, let's have a knowledge arcana. I would also like to do that. 
That is a six. Thirteen. I have I have never seen this before. This is this is very strange. Given trained versus untrained, you guys are about on the same page here. As far as the tattoo goes, obviously the nature of how it appeared is uh, unnatural, and so basically all you got is this is magic by nature. You're not sure if it's a curse or if it's a if somebody put this enchantment together on purpose or what the intent was, but you do know it's magical in nature. I'll keep working on that. Over time, I might get a better feel for it. But I think for right now, I'm going to stay in here where it's a little bit shadier. going to need to find a solution if you can't get rid of it. Maybe I'll just be the one that keeps guard at night. But I think right now, I could definitely use a nap as well. I'm going to find a little spot back there to have a little bit to eat and stretch out. It's not too terribly roomy. There's essentially uh, two benches facing each other in the back, so... If Tylor and Letkane wanted to sit next to each other, you could potentially uh, stretch out. I could move to the end of the bench, and you could put your head on my lap if you wanted. Fair. Uh, mechanically, you're not going to get a long rest while you're traveling, but if you're just riding, you could definitely short rest things. I'll take whatever rest I can get. And I will say that you did leave town early afternoon, so you can get 12 miles before you need to sort out what you want to do about nighttime. Awesome. Uh, Eventually you come to a fork in the road. What's that fork doing there? Pick it up, throw it in the back. It's well-crafted and has elements of filigree that is quite intricate. It's mastering one fork. (laughs) Anyway, the actual deviance in the road, there is a signpost that is well-made and sturdy. There are two indicators on each side of the signpost. Oh, excuse me, there's three on the left. The three on the left read Lower Dispucia, Windglade, and Hazel Hall. And the two on the right read Southguard and East Greenport. Would I recall anything about the path to the Ruby Hills from my talks with Kebler? You would recall that his hometown is named Ekinol, which is not a town listed on one of these signposts. not on here. However, the road to the right does deviate, kind of, it looks like it, you can't quite see, it doesn't exactly backtrack, but it does veer off very far to the right. You look, you can see out and you see that it possibly will change from moving from northwest, it will double back and turn east. Hey, it looks like north is going to be to the left here, eh? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yes, this sounds good. All right, Murray, you're driving, so. Yeah, I'm going to steer Mr. Snugglebottoms to the left. It's a personal goal to get Grom to actually say Mr. Snugglebottoms before. Oh, I've said it. I told him I'd be kind enough not to call him that. Seems he likes it. Well, people don't always know what's good for them. (laughs) (laughs) But a horse is not a person. So you continue on as the day passes, and the grassland eventually yields a more hilly country. The straight-maintained roadway you've been enjoying gives way to a rougher, meandering route. It's still very well-traveled, despite the more earthen nature of its consistency. Unsure of whether or not it's a result of your recent propensity to paranoia, you do notice that the landscape spreading out before you offers several ideal places for certain opportunists to potentially organize an ambuscade. I don't think I noticed that. I'm inside sleeping. Same. Anybody who's looking out the window just has noticed that it is more hilly and the road is more windy. And yes, Murray. Actually, Romeo Wisdom. I'll tell you exactly what you think about it. That's 21. As you travel, you look ahead, you're like, wow, that turns right around into a blind corner there. And then, oh, that little that little drop off there, that'd be a good place for some archers. And I don't really can't I can't really see too much uh, coming up because of the windy nature of the road. Could I, by chance, trouble one of you for another set of eyes up here? 
Oh, well, I actually have Grom as the... Yes, I, I will try. I will come up. Exit the coach. I'll bring it to a stop, so... Yeah. <laughs> I just fall out roll away. <laughs> you can climb up in the shotgun seat, no problem. Take a look around. Yeah, why don't you both give me a perception roll? The nine. Oh, wow. Uh, there's a six. It's those cave eyes. You should be down here with me. Yeah, you crawl up and look around, and uh, you know how you when, when you've been reading for a long time, and then you go outside, and you're just like, whoa, and so you need a minute to adjust? That's pretty much kind of what's going on there. And Miramal Near, you were just relying on another set of eyes so much that you were kind of just focused on getting Mr. Spogglebottoms going again. Basically what I said, uh, you also kind of see what he's concerned about with the nature of the road, uh, but uh, you don't really see any immediate threats or anything. It is at this point we regret to inform our listeners that due to technical difficulties, a portion of our story is unavailable to experience in its execution. So, in the interest of continuity, we offer a summary to guide us to the next portion of our story. The party traveled on through the hill country, attempting to remain ever vigilant. The travel was uneventful, save for the passing of several innocuous travelers who seemed content to mind their own business. Eventually, as dusk began to fall, Grom opted to take Letgain's seat next to Miramilnir since direct sunlight was no longer accosting his vision. It is here we will resume. Alright, Grom and Miramilnir. You see a group of five robed figures walking in an organized formation. Their hoods are up, and their heads are lowered, hands tucked neatly inside their dark gray robes. The chest section of their robes bear the emblem of a black circle interrupted only by a slim silver crescent on the left side of the circle. Uh, do I recognize the symbol at all? Roll int. Two. Do I recognize the symbol at all? You do not. Grom, do you recognize any of them? I can't say I've ever seen the likes before. You suppose we should just pass them on by and... Well, I suppose if they'll let us. I'm not trying to be a problem unless they make it a problem. Agreed. All right, you continue on. As you pass, one glances up at you, Grom, and you see an unsettling face. As milky white eyes look up at you emotionlessly, its face tentacles extend towards you, slowly, and then curl back towards itself, almost as if in a come-hither gesture. I reach down and start loosening my bone axe. You're near. You glance over and see the green eyes of a black-skinned dragonborn look up at you curiously, and then return back to regard the path on which he travels. What is it you see over there, Murray? As I'm pulling my axe out. A black-skinned dragonborn. What do you see? Hey, another one of those tentacle-faced bastards. I'm gonna start buckling up my hand axe again. Why, I'm not even trusting my eyes anymore. I'm seeing those things everywhere. Everywhere. I almost murdered a couple of townsfolk. Back on a run through town there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going wrong with me. That gain roll me perception. It's a six. No, four. Carry on. Unfortunately, further technical difficulties launch us back into summarization mode. The party decided to find a place to camp for the night, and after a series of survival rolls, they managed to eventually find a suitable location a good distance off the road to set up for the evening. They discovered that through the generosity of Grinzander and the foresight of Ardrar, they were sufficiently outfitted to camp comfortably. 
At the campfire, they spoke of many things, including Grom's ever-developing illithid concerns that are resulting in him questioning his sanity. They partook in sustenance and conversation, and then decided which party members would take the first, second, and third watch in what order. After several successful wisdom rolls to stay awake, each followed by a strong perception roll, the night passed uneventfully, thanks to the DM being unable to roll higher than a four. Fully rested, they struck camp and set out once more. They traveled through the morning and eventually met a familiar, spiky-haired, be-mustached face heading the opposite direction towards Aconitum Falls. It was indeed the previously encountered Ludus representative, Sendal, replete with a caravan of warriors and a wagon full of slaves headed to the upcoming festival, the Bane, no doubt to participate in the gladiatorial events. Sendal recognized Grom, but couldn't believe it. But then he could. They all decided to break for lunch, and that is where we will pick up the story once more. Yeah, he's perfectly willing to talk. He's like, but first he's like, well, this is uh, different peoples you find yourself traveling with. So what happened to that big fellow? Goatarth, eh? Yes. Well, I don't know. He was having some interactions with this uh, creepy fella. Black-skinned, dragonborn, hooded, dark, ominous presence about him. And Goatarth was just gone. I don't know if he was just chasing more of that. I don't know, that power that he was chasing. Hmm. Or maybe he found himself wrapped up in the bane. Who can tell with that big fella? It could be a combination of the two. But no, introduce me to your friends. Well, this here be Knuckles. Knuckles. Mermelnir. Mermelnir. He said that first try. Well, it's not that difficult. Yeah, all right. <laughs> or, or is it? Yeah, like I said. Yes? Knuckles. But no, okay. This here is my friend that gained. That gained. Nice to meet you. Pleasure is mine. Well, it is. Yes, I'm meeting you. What is the what is the people in the cages? What is this? Oh, well, um, so the bane is upcoming. That's why we're traveling to Aconitum Falls. I how can I say this? I'm a purveyor of goods for uh, gladiatorial enjoyments. How many people does he did he travel with that were outside of the that were outside of the cages? Well, now that we're having lunch and whatnot, there's a good 12, 15 people kind of milling about camp and doing stuff. You guys have kind of fashioned your food and are sitting off to the off to the side, conversing. Are they criminals? Criminals? Um, some. Most, mostly. Yes, I... Yes. <laughs> Take a peek in there. Is it all male? Uh, there is one female. She looked tough. Roll insight. It's 18 plus whatever I got on here. She looks as hard as a coffin nail. Hey. Perfect, yeah. I'm not concerned about that statement at all, though. It's a good fight they're going to get. You recall our previous conversation, you know, there is people who fight in the Bane. Do they want to be there? Yes. But no, but as it stands, you there, big fella. Not going to uh, ply your trade in the gladiatorial games? Nah. Never been one for fighting for sport. Fighting for gain to be had. You look like you could hold your own. Yes? Or no? This boy could punch through a wall. Seen him tear people's throats out with his teeth. I think there might be too much poison in that there city for me. If you ever change your mind, you come talk to old Sendal. I'll get you the best rates. No? Yes. But no. Okay. Hey, uh, you travel a lot. Have you heard anything about this, uh, Emur? You want to tell him about that statue you're looking for? I'm looking for... It's a small amethyst statue depicting a figure, top half of his body resembling a dragon, but from dragon. from the waist down it is tentacles. <laughs> oh, 
you're, oh, you're serious. I'm sorry. Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, top half dragon, bottom half tentacles, top half dragon. I say I have heard of that particular effigy. It is indeed an effigy, yes? It is. Yes. Quir... Quaro... Quidanos? Quarunos? Quisodros. Quisodros, that's it. Yes, lesser god, I believe. Some see him as lesser. Oh, I, I did not mean to. I did not mean to, to offend. Just in the grand scheme of the pantheons, yeah. people have labels. We choose to use them. We choose to not. Um, I can't say I've ever seen a statue representing that, but I have spoken to people that uh, scholars say have told me about that. So where, where are you from exactly? You're south of Ossipria, right? Yes. No. Yes. But no. Being south as an underground. Well, perhaps let me let me let me sketch you out a quick a quick drawing here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, he sketches out a rough map here, and uh, the over the course of the conversation, I'm assuming you're going to ask questions about where's this, where's that, what's that, or whatever. So yes, you have Ospiria off to the east. Ospiria is what you're traveling up into. You have in this area that you're traveling in, a path through the mountains there, settlements named Upper Dispucia and Lower Dispucia, and Ekana is off there to the west. Do you have any questions more about this? Uh... Yeah, where did he find this dragon? Oh, right, that was just north of Upper Dispucia, actually off to the west a little bit. Aye. Then, uh, which one of these were the lion again? Oh, uh, the signifier of Ossipria would be the lion. Ossipria was the lion. Mm -hmm. The Ospiria would be the bear. And then Greya to the southwest is the hawk. Do you guys have any questions? No. Boy, it looks like... But yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a a good temple in the, the next town we're hitting? It depends on the deity that you are looking for. Fair. Hey, there's not much in a lower Dispucia, save a keep and an inn and a blacksmith and a general store and some surrounding farmland. Was the cut still on fire when you left? The cut being the dwarven mining area in Aconitum Falls. I don't think we made it over there. I don't believe I've ever been to the cut. Roll me memory and perception. And that one, and then uh, 19. All right, so despite that, you don't remember anything about anything, but you do recall that when you left town, despite the rain in the air, there was kind of some hints of some smoke in the air. I, I do believe there was some smoke in the air when we left. That was a five. Oh, nat 20 plus four, 24. Well, founded in 1476. <laughs> Lagging, you remember somebody somewhere before you left town made mention of that there was some smoke coming out of the Dwarven mining area in town. Yes, there's a little bit of smoke. I, I do remember this a little bit. Well, I do hope they get that sorted out sooner than later. Well, it'd be a shame to not have enough weapons to make the bane profitable for everybody. But I can't imagine that'd be a problem. Don't you worry your pretty little teeth. There will be plenty of weapons. Well, I appreciate your help. And, uh, if anybody asks, you haven't seen us. Oh, but I have. But I haven't. Where exactly would be the Ruby Hills in all of this? But yes, he's circled that little area that's just northeast of Ekinor. I don't think they've named them proper, the Ruby Hills. I think that's just the nature of the color of the dirt there. They're named, but they're not. I haven't heard of a, an old red dragon out in that area. You have? I have. 
What was its name? Oh, I wish I could recall. It was in a poem that Goethe was reading. Maybe sometime I'll just have to go take a look. Are you sure it was red? Well, I'm not sure of that at all. <laughs> Memories are tricky things. The Red Hills must certainly have been a red dragon. Couldn't possibly have been a mistake. Oh, but the dichotomy. You recall, we've seen a blue. Hey, but that was up north. Up past Upper Dispucia. Maybe it's too. A uh, boy can only hope. You see, there's some long-winded poetry out there about a dragon named Ringenoff. Uh, that sounds familiar. Historically, he gets quite upset if you don't roll the R. Ha <laughs> ha. Maybe I'll have to tell him I'm friends with his nephew. Yes, Will. Right. Well, thank you for the information. You've been most helpful. Thank you for the company. May your days be profitable. That is the goal. Alright, let me start uh, packing back up. And with uh, all of those people start to gather up shop and get ready to head out as well. Anybody in that uh, group, as I've been there, look familiar to me? Roll int. Uh, that's going to be a five total. You think that you recognize somebody from your home village, but his nose is crooked now. Yeah, you're not sure. Wait, it's crooked now. Go take a better look at this. Alright, you walk up to the cage. You're eyeballing this guy. Mm hmm. He spits at you. He accidentally spits on the guy next to him. Is this somebody from my village? You think maybe? Alright, yeah. I'm gonna take my hand axe and to Cyril. Cyril? Sendal. 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 That one there with a crooked nose. Make sure that one gets to fight with this. He takes it from you and says, Oh, okay. If you say so. It'll be a better show for sure. Just that one right there. Right. Right. Sendal, obviously confused, walks back to the second wagon, stows it away, proceeds to go about his business. All right. <laughs> then I'm going to load up. So just just as they are pulling away, I will cast Altered Density on their cart in order to break their axle. <laughs> Please and thank you. Which cart? Uh, the one with all these sleeves. <laughs> I think it hits, hits hits a rock in the road as they're pulling back onto the road, and sure enough, thing lifts to the side. Whoa! There's several people. Oh, whoa, whoa! It's kick, kinked off to the side. Sendal hops down and says, What? <sighs> I'm in the wagon. <laughs> they're, they're a bigger crew than you. I feel like you were driving away. You see him go to the other wagon and motion to the people and point, and everybody obviously has an exasperated air about them to try and get out and try to solve the situation. All right, who is uh, riding? Who's driving? I will drive. If it's bright out, I will be in the back trying to make a knife. I guess I'll still ride. This sounds good, yes. During this trip, I'd like to, if I could, just take off my cloak and see if there is a... A particular wound or tear that is causing the issues that I believe is coming from this. As you try to undo the clasp around the neck there, you really struggle with trying to get it apart, and it just doesn't want to come apart. Doesn't it pulls and no, you, you see, I can't quite see the mechanism because it's just below your chin. You spend the time, you feel the mechanism, it just does not want to come apart, and so finally you try to break it apart, and it does not come off. Oh, okay, this is no good. You having a problem there, friend? You look like you're struggling a bit. Can you get this off me? Can you try to help me, please? I'll take a peek at it. I'll try it out. Okay. What's that look like? I'm just trying to get my hands around it, see if I can see how to undo it. or. You see how to undo it, but it's not coming undone. Like, do I care if I break it? <laughs> you could try. I'll try. You fail. Looks like that's you now. Yes. 
Looks like we're both uh, permanently attached to some things here. Yes, perhaps magical items are not good for us. Boy, they're wonderful for us. I don't know if I mind too much squinting a bit in the day. If I get to run at night like I do. What's be, what seems to be the problem with? Have you um, perhaps noticed uh, when we were in the in the dungeon? A I, little um, sleeping problem. A little bit, yes. I, I'm not sure, but I, ever since I put this on, it said... Uh, it seemed to happen, so... Oh, I thought that might have just been your thing. No, this, this is not it, no. I think it is the cloak, but once again, I, I'm not sure, but I cannot get it off now either, so... Well, that's good to know. Can you be woken up when you're like that? No one's tried. Maybe we should stay closer together next time it gets troublesome about here. Well, perhaps we could practice now. All right. I'll cast Minor Illusion through the cloak until I fall asleep. That's a cantrip, so I just keep doing it, right? Sure, but I'm not. Yeah. So how how would how would minor illusion twin? Uh, well, because I can only make one minor illusion, so I should be able to make two then, right? So I can make like two frogs and then two frogs and then two frogs. This whole thing's just <laughs> frogs everywhere. Loading up the coach with frogs. Sure, oh, that is amazing. <laughs> Did a frog just fall out of the coach? On the fifteenth try. <laughs> You cast and and ironically, uh, falling asleep causes you to lose concentration, so all the frogs disappear. Then I'm gonna try to wake you up. First, I'm just gonna try saying his name, and then I'll try shaking him if that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, you find that you do have to shake him to wake him up. I does he wake up pretty easily from that then? Oh uh, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a grogginess. Uh, you think that if he had to get up within a six second time frame to do anything, that might be a little bit uh, difficult. Oh, you see this was. This is weird, right? Seems like you can't hear me, but if I shake you, you wake up well enough. Well, this is a very mysterious object. This is quite powerful, really. Are you sure it's the cloak? Or do you just get tired from making so many frogs? I do not know. I'll just look at the crystal and start making frogs. So you're just making one frog at a time now? With the, yes, with the crystal, yes. I'm supposing we're going to do that till there's about as many frogs? <laughs> there were before, so it should take twice as long. You think quite boring, actually. Right, yeah, yeah, you can't really maintain that many. F- you can't stack it up that hard. I think it's actually one at a time, anyways. <laughs> nope, you're, no, there's no, there's no fatigue that overcomes you. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, at least it's good to know about about how often you'll fall asleep now. All right, we gotta tie some rope to you, and then just tug on it. Yes. Well, I think that I will only use this in desperate times. Although this is, seems like every moment with us, so... Uh, maybe that town was just bad luck. I hear this. Lower Dispucia is lovely this time of year. <laughs> but I want to go to Upper Dispucia. But we should restock at this next town. I wonder if there's any, like, ancient runes or something fun to explore around here. Something where a, a dragon would be hanging out. Should we get out and take a look? Well, that's probably a terrible idea. <laughs> I feel rusty that I was taking in there. I don't even have a weapon right now. Probably not a great idea. <laughs> oh, I do have a... You want a dagger? I have a dagger. I'll give you one of my daggers if you take it. Sure. I'll take a dagger. I'll use that instead of my piece of flint that I was using to peel the meat off this thing. So. Mine's just a 1d4, so it's nothing fancy. It's as powerful as anything I have ever carried. Sweet. Is there anything to, uh, interesting out there? You see, I guess I'll 
do perception, look around, see if I see anything. Where is the horse? No, I got a. <laughs> I got an eight. That eight perception, I can tell you. As your travel brings you closer to the settlement of Lower Dispucia, you find the presence of farmland re-emerging, significantly enough that you find yourself questioning the size of the settlement. You have to travel a bit before you can finally make out a large flag flying atop the keep bearing the Hawk of Greya. As you draw closer, you see that the makeup of Lower Dispucia is meager at best. The largest building, save the keep a distance off to the north, is an inn with attached stables. There is a blacksmith in what appears to be a general store. You see the sign on the inn, odd that the only establishment of its sort in town would require a label. Nevertheless, the signboard is actually made up of two signs. The first one affixed to the building declares in bold letters, The Valiant. The second hangs from a peg next to the first, simply stating Hawk. The two signs combined read, The Valiant Hawk. Grom, where do you propose we stop in this town? Huh? You saying something up there, Mary? Uh, I'll poke my head up. Where do you suppose we should stop to resupply? Well, I think it'd be fine to go and wash some of this dust down with a nice little glass of ale. I say we should make a stop. We could use a proper meal than to uh, trim the fat. Technically, you could continue on, but after stopping and talking with Sendal and whatnot, I'm going to say it's probably early to mid-afternoon. Does anybody have any interest in town other than restocking some supplies and having a, a drink? No, I think the only other thing that could potentially come from it would be information gathering. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a little... See if anyone listen to some of the rumors that these dragons. At this point, with the party poised to investigate the Valiant Hawk, we will adjourn until next time. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast by Peace in the Chaos Productions. Thank you so much for listening and bearing with us through our technical hiccups. Bedlam Social Hour is Carrie Dennis as Tylalor, Mark McGrath as Letgain, Percy Steele as Grum the Toothy, Peyton Palmer as Miramilnir, and myself, Bedlam, as the narrator and DM. Again, thank you for listening, and as always, work hard and be kind. Whoa there, Mr. Snugglebottoms.